Canto 10, Chapter 10 The Deliverance of the Sons of Guvera The King said, O powerful one, can you please describe the abominable act because of which the Devarishi got angry and the two sons of Kuvera were cursed? Sri Shuka said, Very proud of being elevated to the association of Rudra, they who were born from the keeper of wealth, one day walked around in a beautiful park at the Mandakini River, Upper Ganges, near Kailasa, Shiva's mountain. In that garden, full of flowers, they most bewildered, with their eyes rolling intoxicated from drinking Varuni, were together with women who sang songs to them. Because they wanted to enjoy themselves, they, in the company of the young girls, entered the Ganges, full of lotus beds, like two male elephants with their she-elephants. It so happened that Narada, the almighty Devarishi, got to see them, O son of Kuru, and from the demigod's maddened eyes could understand what state they were in. Seeing him, their adherents, the girls were ashamed, and, afraid of being cursed, quickly covered their naked bodies with their garments. But the two guardians of Kuvera's treasures, the Shiva Guyakas, who were also naked, did not. Seeing the two being drunk and blind with their prestige and wealth, he, in order to teach the two sons of the light a lesson, pronounced a curse against them, saying the following. Narada said, For the one who, in the mode of passion, enjoys the things of the world, there is nothing as perplexing to the intelligence as the arrogance of wealth, a good birth, a nice body, learning, riches, etc., in which one feels attracted to women, wine and gambling. In that position, killing animals, merciless people out of control with themselves, think that this body, which is doomed to perish, would not age and would not die. The body, however deemed to be divine, after death serves the worms and turns into stool and ashes. Thus someone with such a selfish attitude towards other living beings know what hell he is heading for. Thus this body belonged to the one providing the food, to oneself, to one's father, to one's mother, or does it belong to one's father-in-law, to a state authority, to a buyer, to the fire or even to the scavengers? The question is, who would thus that knower actually be, that proprietor of the body that manifested from the unmanifested nature and vanishes again? Who else but a fool would take the body for the real self and kill other living beings? For fools, blinded by pride about their wealth, poverty is the best ointment for their eyes. A poor man is better capable of seeing others as equal to himself. Someone who is pricked by a pin does not wish anybody with a likewise body to experience such a pain, but not so a person who was never pricked by a pin. A poor man is free from all conceit associated with the falsehood of the self. The great difficulty of poverty that one by providence may encounter in this world is for him the best austerity. 
always being hungry, the senses of the slim body of a poor person eager for food become less and less dominant and also the violence, that is the counterpart of the lust to eat, ceases. As opposed to the rich, the poor can easily associate with the saints who keep to the vow of poverty and are equal-minded towards all. The mental cause of their suffering, as also their physical hankering, is reduced by meeting such honest people, so that purification is quickly achieved as a consequence. Why would one avoid the equanimous renounces of the world, the sadhus who want to serve Mukunda, and desire the association of materialists, who, proud of their wealth, seek their refuge in what is untrue? I shall therefore take away this ignorant conceit of these womanizing drunkards, who, because of the sweet liquor varuni, arrogant and blinded with the opulence, have lost control of themselves. Since these two sons of Guvera, being absorbed in darkness, in their pride indifferent towards others, did not care to dress their bodies, they deserve it to become immobile as two trees. This in order to prevent that they repeat this. It is furthermore my mercy that their self-remembrance may continue, and it is also my special favour that they, after a hundred years of the gods, a year is a day, may obtain the personal association of Vasudeva. With their bhakti revived, they then may resume their celestial lives. Sri Shuka said, The Devarishi, thus having spoken, went away to Narayana Ashrama, his abode, leaving Nalakuvara and Managriva behind to become a pair of Arjuna trees. To be true to the words of the seer, who was his topmost devotee, the Lord, who was bound to the martyr, very slowly moved to the spot where the two Arjuna trees were standing. He thought, The Devarishi is most dear to me. Even though these two were born from the loins of Kuvera, a rich man, I shall act in accordance with the words stated by the great soul. Thus having decided, Krishna moved in between the Arjunas and that way got the big mortar stuck across. The boy, dragging the wooden mortar which was tied to his belly behind him, with great force pulled over the two trees. They shook heavily because of his supreme power and came down with trunk, branches, leaves and roots up making a tremendous noise. On the spot, from the two trees, two persons appeared, resplendently beautiful, like fire rising up and illuminating all directions. They offered Krishna head down with folded hands their obeisances. Being freed from passion and ignorance, they said the following to the Lord of the entire world. Krishna, O Krishna, O Supreme Master of Yoga! You are the root cause and the original person in the beyond of this world, of this creation of gross and subtle matter by the Brahmins known to be your form. You are the one for all living beings. You are the master of the life force, of the body, of the soul and the senses. You are the time, the Supreme Lord Vishnu, the imperishable controller. You, as the greatest one, who are both the cosmic creation and the subtle reality, you consisting of passion, goodness and slowness, are the original personality, overseer and the knower of the restless mind in all fields of action.
who, being locked up in a body with a mind that is agitated by the modes of nature, is capable of knowing you? Who now is worthy of you who are not confined to a body, you who existed before the creation and who, now being covered by the modes of nature, is present here before us? Therefore we offer you, Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality, the origin of creation, you whose light is covered by the might of your natural modes, you, the Brahman, both inside and outside, our respectful obeisances. You, who are not material, but are known by the different embodiments of the avatars, thus demonstrate an incomparable, unlimited might in activities that cannot be performed by normally embodied persons. You, that same goodness and master of all blessings, have now appeared for the liberation and elevation of everyone with all your potencies and expansions. Our respects for you, O highest virtue, O supreme auspiciousness. For you, O Vasudeva, O peaceful one and master of the Yadus, our reverence. O unlimited one, have we, the servants who could meet you, O supreme lord, because of the mercy of your follower, the sage Narada, your permission now to leave? May our words always concern your pastimes. May our ears hear the talks about you. May our limbs be working for you. And may our minds always remember your lotus feet. May our heads bow to you, the all-pervading one, and may our sight be engaged in seeing the truthful souls, the saints, the Vaishnavas especially, who are your partial embodiments. Sri Shuka said, This way being glorified by the two Guyakas, the Supreme Lord, the master of Gokula, who with ropes was bound to the martyr, smiled and spoke to them. The Supreme Lord said, Everything of this incident, with the most kind Narada, that happened in the past, is known to me. What a great favor he did in cursing you to fall down for being blind in your madness about the wealth. Just as the eyes of a person who faces the sun are freed from darkness, one is simply freed from all bondage by the presence of devotees who are equal towards all, by associating with persons dedicated to me. Now that you, O reeds of Kuvira, are saturated with love towards me, Please return home with me as the supreme destination, I who constitute the supreme of your desire and from whom one never returns to a worldly existence. Sri Shuka said. Thus being addressed by him, the two circumambulated him who was bound to the martyr. They offered their repeated obeisances, took leave and then left in the northern direction where Kailasa is found.